This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nick Horwat here on episode 11 of season 3 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Our last episode, we obviously talked about how the Penguins fared over the weekend, and then we mentioned the fact that they were playing the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday, and Horwat, your exact words were, I'm never comfortable playing the Chicago Blackhawks, because of what they have done to us over the past 10 years. Clearly, that continues. The Penguins lost 3-2 in a shootout. The boogeymen were back. Mm -hmm. And it was in the face of Marc-Andre Fleury, of course. Yeah. Um, That's not totally awful. Hey, you're listening to an old friend. I guess that's okay, right? No. No, not okay? It's not. Especially not the way we've been losing, right? If that's the case, do you want to throw out Saturday night's game against the Ottawa Senators? Just, when did we, uh, just, just say, uh, oh, Matt we're Murray's, playing Matt Murray. You can, it's not that bad if we lose. Matt Murray's not an old friend. <laughs> He's not an old friend? You're, you're decreeing not, him not... Not as not as an old of a friend as Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, come on. We ran Murray out of town shortly after we kind of ran Fleury out of town. But, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. We see how things work out one way or the other. Yeah, um, yeah no, it... The thing with the Chicago game, though, is that they were 2-9-2 and two going in. Mm-hmm. That's not pretty. We should have won that game, so maybe that's why we're discussing this game as not fun, not good, because we looked bad. And they, the Blackhawks are a bad team. They are. Very bad team. The thing is, the Chicago Blackhawks do have some very talented players on their roster, and... We saw that with the first goal of the pass that Jonathan Taves made, although that pass never should get through. And we also saw it in the shootout where Tristan Jari is not great in the first place, but going up against the Blackhawks, who realistically have probably the best shootout lineup in the NHL right now, it wasn't going to go well the second you saw the triple zeros hit in overtime. Yeah, the Blackhawks are a good paper team. Yeah. They're kind of like the Sabres from last season, where you look at the team on, or whatever season they had Taylor Hall. That was last season, right? Uh, no. Yes. Yes. Yes, it was last season. The, that team on paper makes a ton of sense, and it looks really good. There's a lot of skilled guys in there. Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, uh, Eric Stahl. But they ju- it just doesn't perform. No. That's what the Hawks are right now. It's Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, Kirby Doc, Marc-Andre Fleury. They can't do shit on the ice. No. Especially defensively. I mean, you add a guy like Seth Jones. You think that you also add a guy like, I think it's Jake McCabe. One of the McCabe brothers. And it just has done, you know, nothing for them on the defensive side of the puck. But let alone, with all of that, the Penguins did get a lot of shots on Marc-Andre Fleury. But this was kind of like a revenge game for him after we chased him in the first game. What, 42 saves on 44 shots on Tuesday? The Penguins just, unless your name was Big Jeff Carter, you weren't getting the puck past Marc-Andre Fleury. No, I guess not. I. That's the way Fleury should have played in the first game at, at PPG Paints Arena because that's his home, basically. We loved him there. We were booing the guy who replaced him. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. Flurry is still a very good goaltender. Maybe he just needed time to get his legs under him. I mean, that's what, his second one of the year? 
Yeah. Because yeah. each of the goalies only had one win bef- uh, of their two wins. So, you know, maybe that's what it was. Maybe he just needed time to get his legs under him on a new team. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. when paper teams, when good teams on paper are bad, it's, it's a little more confusing because you really just don't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Now, in this situation, maybe there's a bit of a, you know, gong show happening off the ice maybe there's distractions clearly people aren't showing up to games at least they haven't been for a couple games now Mm -hmm. uh it's not pretty in chicago right now on or off the ice but um you can't lose them all yeah and they just happen to pick to pick a time to win against the penguins and like you said a flurry revenge game sounds about right yeah, the, the Chicago Blackhawks, this was the second game for their interim head coach since they fired coach Jeremy Carlton over the weekend, and now they're 2-0 since the coaching change. So you never know if that could have sparked something for the Chicago Blackhawks, but realistically, when you look from the Penguin side of it, a big portion of the reason, I mean, Tristan Jari, I thought, played well. I thought it was a nice bounce-back game after the implosion the Penguins had on Saturday night against the Minnesota Wild. I thought Jari looked good. The two goals that they did give up in regulation... The net front defense was not good. And this has been an issue for the Pittsburgh Penguins for a little while now. I mean, their defense is not that physical in the first place. But there's a difference between being out-muscled in front of the net and and then there's not even saying or doing anything to the other team in front of your net. I mean, on both goals, the defense did nothing. I mean, Tristan Jari, you can't let that pass go through from Jonathan Taves. But also, Mark Freeman was right there. And nobody was covering uh, whoever scored. I can't remember. Was it Jujar Kara? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nobody was covering him. I mean, Rikola was out of position. Whoever the forward was coming back was not in position. And then in the set for the second goal, Seth Jones's goal. Yeah. He scored on that. But if you look at what PO Joseph was doing, I mean, I don't even know what PO Joseph was doing. He was kind of out to lunch on that play. The net front defense needs to be better because For the majority of the season, Tristan Jari has not been bad. Yeah, he can make a timely save here or there. Yeah, he is god-awful in the shootout. But other than that, he has not been bad. The net front defense has been an issue, though. Yeah, I mean, Jari's doing what he can. Mm -hmm. And we know that. We know he's doing the best he can. And he's looked good, I think. (laughs) The shootouts are an issue, and we'll discuss it. But he's doing the best he can, and but that's also why there are defensemen on the ice. It is mm-hmm. to make the job of the goalie easier. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, get the last line of defense. Now, granted, if you have a bad defense, you hope to have a good goalie. Mm-hmm. So it kind of balances out. But right now we have a broken defense and a goalie who's standing on his head the most he can. I mean, he's putting up a ton of saves in every game he gets. And making good saves. Did you? I mean, that one in the first period... On their uh, on the Blackhawks power play, was that a? I kept I watched it so many times. Was that a save or did he just miss the net? I thought it got his blocker. It might I, I, it might have uh, the replays that I saw it it could have gone either way. But regardless, I mean the puck stayed out of the net. Yeah, and I think they credited him with a save. I'd have to like go deeper into detail on it and yeah. see the whole play again. But from the one replay I saw of it, it looked like he got it. Mm-hmm. And regardless if he got it or not, it was a. It looked like a shot that he was back for, at least. Yeah. So he's standing on his damn head doing what he can. And it's a matter of getting a healthy defense in front of him now. Yeah. 
because we're kind of it's not that these aren't NHL ready players it's just they haven't meshed together mm-hmm. that's the issue with having Friedman Joseph and who am I missing Rikola Rikola I mean as good as they all are on their own putting them together at once isn't ideal yeah you kind of just want to have one of them the fact that we have Taylor Fadoon up as a healthy scratch right now is scary did we do we all remember that mm-hmm. isn't he still up here as a healthy scratch as of right now yeah okay yeah that's a little frightening too we have to remember that now granted I think Ruedel and Pedersen are both practicing and not a protocol mm-hmm. so things should be going back to normal soon probably by the time this is up uh Fadoon will be sent back down and one of at least one of those two will be back in the lineup I would hope yeah um do we play tomorrow? I don't have that written down. The Penguins play on Thursday night, yeah. Yes, okay. So we should know more on that by the time this is up then. Mm-hmm. But still, you, you, that was one thing that, I forget who it was. Was it Murray? I think always did really well. When there was a broken defense in front of him, he was somehow able to stand on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just something Jari is doing. But again, this is a more broken defense than normal. Yeah. Uh, the two goals from the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday came from Jeff Carter. Nice to see him lighting the lamp. It feels like it had been a little bit of a while, but what was even better to see was the fact that both of those goals were assisted by Jake Gensel. It looked like Gensel and Carter started to find a little bit more of a groove there as the game went on, and that's what you need to see from a guy like Jake Gensel. Now, Crosby might be back by this weekend's games. He might not be, but you want to see Jake Gensel start to continue to have that kind of confidence that we talked about in our last episode we saw it in the philadelphia game we saw it in the minnesota game he's starting to get his swagger back a little bit and to assist in tuesday night's game just continues that storyline sorry i missed the name i was reading an important text uh i was just talking about jake gensel and you know the fact that him and jeff carter were able to to, together put up both goals against mark andre Fleury and the chicago blackhawks it's nice to see that Gensel's continuing to, you know, build up his confidence and continuing to get on the score sheet whenever that was an issue for him in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that was one of the early onset problems we were having. It's, uh, we thought, what the hell's going on with Gensel and Kapanen, but, you know, Kapanen found his hat trick clearly and is hopefully back on the right path. Gensel scored a couple goals in a row. Mm-hmm. Things are looking good for him. He's starting to crawl back into normalcy. Yeah. And, for what it's worth, Jeff Carter wasn't having the hottest of seasons to start either. I mean, coming back from his uh, COVID situation. So it's good to see him get on the board too. That Seeing those two grow in their confidence is what we need because we're still a team that needs everyone to get fully healthy again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a long process with this team, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it is going to be something that it's not going to be a quick turnaround. And I mean, you might even say that once Crosby comes back, it should be, you know, just like that, you know, just turning it around, being the top team in the league. It's not going to happen like that. It's probably going to take, I don't know how long. And that's the issue right now is you cannot waste much more time where you're at right now. The Penguins are the third worst team standings points wise in the Eastern conference. You cannot have that. They are the worst team still in the metropolitan division when it comes to points. And a big portion of that, and the reason for that is, do we remember last season, early on in the year, when we, on this podcast, said several times, you know, eventually the Penguins are going to win a game in regulation. They just keep winning overtime games. They keep winning shootout games. Well, it's the opposite. 
That's the only thing. They are right where they were at last season when it comes to how close they are in these games, coming into where they're at. But last year, they were winning in overtime. They were winning in the shootout. This season, they're 1-4 in post-regulation games and 0-3 in the shootout already. Yeah, in the shootout. I mean, from what I heard on the radio, that was a fun overtime. It was. We just got to figure out how to bury a winner in overtime because only stopping three shots during a shootout and three shootouts that's not good fam yeah i mean thank god that's not a playoff thing because i think it was jesse marshall tweeted it or someone tweeted maybe hunter tweeted it jari plays his ass off for 60 to 65 minutes a night which is perfect Mm -hmm. you know that's a good start not perfect but that's a good start that's what we want from our goalie because that's kind of ideally what would happen because if you have a good goalie that's stopping pucks during regulation Mm -hmm. it's a matter of now scoring your own goals yeah and you know sure we're broken to hell and back but we're starting to get healthy again so let's start scoring soon Mm -hmm. for what it's worth once we have a fully healthy lineup i don't expect us to be in that many more shootouts i don't know i mean the pace of the season the way that this league is yeah you might end up being in the shootout 10 11 times this year and you're gonna need tristan jari to be better but the point is don't let it get to the shootout. Don't leave it into those hands. Try to end it in overtime. And realistically, can we can we win some games in regulation? Of course. All of that. All of that. Win it in regulation. Win it in overtime if you get there. And just find the back of the net. I keep forgetting the Latang overtime happened. We do have an overtime win. Uh, one. Yes. One. Yeah. But And it's good to have that one, especially considering that was... Um, a metro rival was the flyers well yeah sorry to cut you off but if they didn't get that win if they would have lost in overtime not only would they be zero and five in overtime games overtime slash shootout games this year but they would have now lost six games in a row the penguins right now are one and four in post-regulation games three shootouts when did we lose in overtime am i forgetting one we lost against the florida panthers that one was overtime. Okay. Yeah. And I'm back. All right. <laughs> but we would have lost, as of right now, that's the only win in the past six games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, sure. You like collecting as many points as possible early in the season, but damn. Yeah. We need those second ones. We're going to need those second ones mm-hmm. down the line. You don't want to look back whenever you miss the play. If you miss the playoffs, you don't want to look back all the way to November and say that game is what screwed us. Yep. Cause then that's not ideal you need to have the wins now if anything you want to like i don't know reach the playoffs collect these points Mm -hmm. yeah so the hope is that they obviously turn it around they have three games coming up on the schedule between this episode and our next episode so we will preview that in the next segment but starting with that tuesday night game the last note here before we take a break starting with that tuesday night game at chicago there's going to be a stretch of 12 games out of 16 that the penguins are playing on the road we talked about the long homestand that they had to end october now in november they're gonna have a lot of games on the road so they're gonna need to play better in other teams arenas as of right now they're what one oh and two on the road they won that opener against the lightning and then they lost to a shootout game or an overtime game against florida and a shootout game against chicago but we're gonna take a quick break when we return 
we're going to preview the slate for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Three games in the next four days. We'll talk about all of them right after this break. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in a net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. The Pittsburgh Penguins as of right now are, what, they've lost five of their last six games. The one game that they did win was in overtime against the Philadelphia Flyers. It's not going to get much easier because they have three games in four days this weekend. Two of the three teams have been off to really good starts. The other team, while not off to a good start, is still a tough team to beat. So we're going to break down all three of those games really quickly here on the Tip of the Iceberg part podcast, starting with their matchup tonight at PPG Paints Arena, one of the few home games that they will have this month, taking on the Florida Panthers. Now, the Panthers, as of right now, are 10-2-1. They were the first <laughs> team to get to 10 wins on the year. But, but they are coming off of back-to-back regulation losses. The first time they've lost two games in a row this season, the first t- two times that they've lost, obviously, in regulation. Horwat, the Penguins have played the Panthers already this season. It went to overtime. It's one of those four extra time losses the Penguins have. What are you expecting Thursday night from this matchup? Oh, goodness. I don't know, because the Panthers are so good somehow. And like, Somehow? What do you mean somehow? Because, because it's Florida, and we're just not used to them being this good yet. Yeah. Grant, they've been like the middling team for the last how many years? Every year, it's been the discussion of maybe they squeeze in as the eighth seed into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're seeing them go bananas to start the year, and it's, oh, they might if they hold this up, obviously, because we still have that sense of them being a middling team. They might pop off and win the damn division, you know, that they play in with the current two time Stanley Cup champion, back to back Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They play in the same division as Toronto, the weirdest division in the league. They play with these very good teams that kind of should be better than them, but here they are being the top team in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, on paper, they're good. On the ice, they're good. They have two stellar goaltenders. They have a really underrated defense. I mean, they don't have they don't have star defensemen, per se, but, I mean, you can... Aaron Ekblad has, you know, he's former... 
top pick. And now he's starting to play as one. It, it's really helping their chances. And then obviously you look at their forward core. You have the Sasha Barkovs of the world. You have the Jonathan Huberdos. You have a guy like Anthony Duclair who has finally found a home in Florida. This team, I mean, I guess you could say they're sneaky good. But I think we just need to realize and come to terms with the fact that the hierarchy of the NHL is changing. The top teams are now the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes of the world, the Edmonton Oilers of the world. It's not your your normal, okay, Boston's the top. Tampa Bay is a top. We have all of these other teams that right now are the hottest teams in the league. I mean, throw Calgary into that mix as well. But the Panthers themselves, I mean, they have some really, really good goaltending. Yeah, it's they do, and it kind of came out of nowhere because Sergei Bobrovsky has been a gong show the last couple seasons. He signed that huge contract and then fell off the face of the earth, but now it's him and Spencer Knight, correct? Correct. Is And how much is he even playing exactly? Because I know I've just seen a lot of Bobrovsky talk from Florida. They've been riding the hot hand with Bobrovsky for the most part to start this season, but lately Spencer Knight has gotten in a couple more games, mainly because... The Florida Panthers have played a lot more. I mean, in that stretch where they lost the back-to-back games, it, it was during a stretch of three games in four days. So Yeah, and as I pull up their the goaltending stats for uh, the Panthers, this is disgusting. Do you have do you have you seen the goaltending stats for the Panthers yet? Uh not in the past couple of days, but I have. Alright. And it's pretty so, good. So they've each played seven games as of this recording. Bobrovsky at the age of 33, the ripe old age of 33, is 6 and 0. Mm-hmm. He's undefeated this year uh, with a 9.48 save uh, save percentage, a 1.72 goals against. And for what it's worth, he's gone 7 for 7 in quality starts. <laughs> Bat in a thousand. Spencer Knight at the age of 20. God, we're getting old. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4 and 2, 4 2 and 1, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, an 8.87. Ooh, wow. So when he gets beat, he gets beat. Yeah. Okay. But the um, thing is, their, still, their team though, is good enough to make up for it when he has a bad game. Yeah, yeah, no, still, though. It's pretty um, stellar watching this mm-hmm. team just be this team. It's very weird because, again, we still look at them as that middling team like that might sneak into the playoffs. We're rooting for them. They're, like the, they're the underdog team. And now all of a sudden, Barkov has come into his own. You mentioned Declare, Huberto. Uh, Patrick Hornquist was an absolute baller last year. Not so much this year yet, but he's a big part of that team. So it's watching this team turn it around is quite fun. Mm-hmm. And that's a team you have to beat now. That's a team you have to beat. You can't just waltz in there and think maybe you'll walk away with an easy win because they're not that team anymore. No, they're they're not even close to that team anymore. They're one of the they're the best team in the NHL right now, but even last season, they were one of the top teams. I mean, people were surprised last year. If you're surprised this year, then you just look at their roster. They're not they're not one of those teams that are good on paper but bad altogether. They're just a good team. And like I said, the Penguins lost 5 to 4 in overtime on October 14th. Another blown lead late in not even as late in that game, but a third period blown two goal lead. What do I want to see from the Penguins? I want to see an early goal, which they've done on several occasions this year, scored an early goal, and I want to see them hold a lead. I want to see them get that win in regulation. It would be a statement win because the Penguins have lost five of six. 
If you're going to make a statement win, you might as well do it against the best team in the NHL. They knocked off, uh, the Panthers knocked off the Carolina Hurricanes last weekend, gave them their first loss, and now they're a team that is going to come in pissed off. The Panthers are going to be pissed off because they've lost back-to-back games. They haven't played the greatest this week so far. So they're going to come in wanting a vengeance. And also, just realistically, you need to get out to a lead and you need to just hold down the fort against a really good team. It'd be nice to say, hey, go out there, score some extra goals, get a little bit of a two-goal lead, a three-goal lead, so it can make it a little bit easier. But that's not going to happen against this team. You need to prove that you can hold a lead against a good team. And that's the opportunity that they have on Thursday. It's exactly what it is. It's We need the statement win again. Mm-hmm. We can't just... Here, another episode in a row. We can't just keep falling back on the Toronto the Toronto win, which was, again, a big statement win, but... That was seven games they ago. Were just, yeah. I mean, we will bring it up every episode. I think that's going to turn into the meme for the year but still it was early in the season you met you have that win at the end of the year holy shit we don't stop mm-hmm. but we'll get past that Leafs win eventually i swear but we're finding ways to beat good teams this is just another one mm-hmm. so following thursday night's matchup against the carolina panthers the penguins for the first time this year will have a back-to-back over the weekend it is a road back-to-back as well, so not, that makes it even more difficult. Starting on Saturday night, we will see former Pittsburgh Penguins goaltender, hopefully, Matt Murray. You would imagine he gets the start in that game. But the Senators so far, not a great start. 3-8-1 and one on the season. They are one of the few teams underneath the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Eastern Conference standings right now. But let's not take those guys lightly either. I mean, we talked about the Panthers. They're one of the best teams in the NHL right now. And while the Senators' record is really bad... You look at some of the players that they have on that lineup, obviously, just naming Brady Kachuk captain, still having a guy like Josh Norris, Alex Formanton. They have a really good team of young players that are going to make it very difficult for you to play against them. And the Sens, do I think that they are a team that, would I bet on the Senators to win that game on Saturday? Probably not. I'd probably still stake my money and stake my claim with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But at the same time, it's going to be a very difficult win for a Penguins team that right now they're not getting the results that they want and they're not getting the results that realistically are expected of them. Yeah. The Senators are just they started off good. Didn't they like start 3 and 0? Uh they won a couple I'm games early that. in the year and they've been on a really really cold streak lately, but they've still been in most of the games they've played. Yeah, they've been a team. Maybe I'm just confusing it with the Red Wings who have been what? Um, yes, the Senators are one of those teams. You again, you 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 think to yourselves, "Oh, easy win." No, you can't think that with any team in this league anymore, mm-hmm. and you can't think of it, think of any game like that with the Penguins lineup the way it is. Granted, it may be a little better by Saturday, but um, I don't know. Gotta know. Gotta. It's just about winning games. I'm at the point where we just gotta win some frigging games. Well, yeah, yeah. When when they've had the results that they've had the past, what, two weeks now? Three weeks now? It, you need to start turning it around somewhere. And if it's not on Thursday, you hope it's on Saturday because you really don't want to get into the Capitals game on Sunday and still be on this really long losing streak. Yeah, not especially not with 
our buddies in the network who will just rip us to shreds. We, we don't want that. We yeah. need to come in with a win, right? You would think. That's all I want. I mean, like I said, I'm just at the point of I want to see us win. I don't care how we do it. I don't care how ugly it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we take home a win and we discuss how we didn't play for two periods. I want, like, j- just a W, You just please. want to see a W on the score sheet. want to see a couple because being at the bottom of the Metro, it's the hardest division in the league. Granted, we're middling around 500, maybe over, but ugh, it, it looks like every team might be over 500 at this point. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned that we're playing the Capitals, obviously, on Sunday evening. Caps right now are 6-2-4 and four on the season. So again, similar to the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're struggling once the game gets past regulation. OV has been on fire. He's one of the top five scorers in the NHL. He's one of the top three goal scorers in the NHL. And right now he is tied, as of this recording, for Brett Hull for fourth all-time in goals. One more goal and he gets sole possession of fourth. Then it's on to Yarmir Yager who is, I believe, 25 ahead of him as of right now. This is the first matchup between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals this year. I would wish I could go down to the game, but I don't have the money to buy tickets right now, prioritizing my money like a smart young man. And we'll see what happens with that. But these three games in four days, you're playing two of the better teams in the East, and you're playing a team that's not going to make it easy in the Ottawa Senators. And Matt Murray, let's not forget, is going to want revenge. So in these three games, Horwat, what do you predict their record is going to be in these three. Uh, I'm going to be confident and say two and one. Mm-hmm. I don't just stri- clean two and one. I, that one may be an overtime loss, but or a shootout loss, but I'm just going to give them a clean two and one. I feel like I think we could take care of Washington just because I have confidence in playing against Washington a lot. Mm-hmm. And Ottawa should, should be an easy game. Should, should be a simpler game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it. Um, but that Florida game is going to be diff- damn difficult, especially if we don't have a guy like Crosby or even Mike Sullivan back. Mm-hmm. So, and again, we're recording this before we have COVID uh, updates other than Patterson and Ruedel skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who knows? But for now, I'm going to stick with a 2-1, and one, and that's based purely in confidence. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, like we mentioned, have lost 5 of 6. Uh, with that, I agree that they're going to finish 2-1. and one. I don't think that that one loss is going to be an overtime. I think they probably eat a regulation loss in these three games. First and foremost, because it is it is tough to go 3-0 and oh when you have three games in four days. But secondly, even though they've lost 5-6, of six, I've liked the way that they have played the majority of the time. There have been issues. There's issues in every stretch of games for every team. There have been issues that the Pittsburgh Penguins have had that have cost them games. And we went over that in the last episode about giving up late leads. But in the last game, they were able to play well late into the game. They were able to tie it up late, be on the other end of it, to be able to get the pity point. Are they going to win in a shootout? If they, if any of these games go into their shootout, I, I'm not confident that Tristan Jari is going to be able to make any of the saves. If Casey DeSmith is in net, we probably have a better opportunity in the shootout. But Jari will make one save. He'll make he's, one. He's guaranteed one every shootout. That's been the average, and it's not only average, it's what he's done. Actually, yeah. one save in each shootout so far. So, I do agree that it's it's going to be two and one. I don't know which two games I would pick. I would say probably I think they're going to take it to the Florida Panthers. I know the Panthers are coming in pissed off, but I think the Penguins are going to be able to get that win on home ice. And probably the Senators game. I don't know how they're going to fare against Alex Ovechkin right now. The way that they've tried to defend the front of their net and what 
Tom Wilson and Alex Ovechkin are going to be able to do in front of the Penguins net. I don't know how that's going to go at Capital One. So, well, we'll have to wait and see. It's all we all, we we collect wins at that arena somehow. Yeah, I mean the Penguins were very successful. I think what six and two against the Washington Capitals last season. So it'd be nice if that carried over. It seemed like the Penguins were always winning the games at Capital One, especially. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, hopefully we come to you on Monday morning and the Penguins are 3-0. I mean, that's 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 what you want if you're Pittsburgh. You would like to be 3-0 over these games. That would be a nice quick way of just getting the taste out of your mouth for the last week or so, but we'll just see what happens. For a victory Monday. Yeah, you, you want a victory Monday. Obviously, the Penguins unable to complete the Chicago sweep, even though the Steelers got their portion of it done on Monday Night Ooh, Football. Did they? Kind of. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to finish off the show with our shout-outs and call-outs. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Once again, that is promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Before we get into shoutouts and callouts, Horwat, you have an update for us on the Scalday and Pittsburgh Penguins situation. Yeah, so shortly after we uh, had the discussion of the second lawsuit being filed against the Penguins, um... Rick Westhead came out with the update according to the law firm representing uh, the Scaldies. The Scaldies and the team and the organization have reached a settlement already, um, which is a little shockingly fast because now that I'm thinking back on it, they brought open a second suit in part because they weren't going to come to a public settlement. Mm -hmm. If I'm remembering all the details correctly. Um, that was one of the reasons that they kept it open and they weren't trying to go to an arbitrator or have a private settlement, but mm -hmm. they've come to an agreement and a settlement. And in the statement, I'm not going to read the whole Penguin statement. I'm just going to kind of sum up the ending, mm -hmm. which is the Penguins and the Scaldies have agreed to resolve all claims through this resolution. The Penguins hope to bring closure to the Scaldies, provide some measure of peace and continue to encourage and promote a culture of openness, accountability and respect at all levels of professional sports so this is big because a uh we the penguins settled this does not settle the bill garen situation with safe sport by the way mm -hmm. that is still open that is still being investigated so who knows exactly what's going on there uh, but the penguins and the scaldies have settled it's none of the details are going to get released just going to be a hey it's settled it's over and we are going to we're going to know nothing we're just going to know that something happened and it's settled um it doesn't adding on to it though is the fact that the same day ducks the anaheim ducks oh i don't remember the, who was it the ducks who? their general manager their Murray. general manager put on leave because of <laughs> inappropriate st i didn't read the whole detail again i sent it to you though i should have read it mm -hmm. um but it seems like the kyle beach situation kind of turned into the floodgates opening it's a little gross man um but these are all things to keep up on to keep an eye on and 
uh, for the Penguins. Their stuff is settled. Bill Garrett's safe sports stuff is still open, at least last I saw. Um, still under investigation, so we'll see what happens there. But for now, the Penguins and the Scaldies have reached their settlement, and it will not be public. If any of those details or information does come out, though, we will obviously report on it. And I'm sure Rick Westhead will be the first on that story, as he has been this entire past couple of months and honestly this entire year. So definitely give him a follow for all of the minute-by-minute updates or however often that he tweets about it. But definitely give him a follow on Twitter if you want more information about any of these situations, whether it be the Ducks situation, the Kyle Beach and the Chicago Blackhawks, or the Scaldies and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, and I'm reading the Ducks one right now. It's that they've placed Executive Vice President and General Manager Bob Murray on administrative leave follow pending an ongoing investigation regarding yeah professional conduct this statement read we recently mm-hmm. became aware of accusations of improper professional conduct against bob murray mm-hmm. uh yeah after internal reviews yep performing an independent investigation so we'll see what happens with that yep. um this is all stuff to like i said keep an eye on this is mm-hmm. stuff that um shouldn't be swept under the rug for 10 years correct so with that, taking a hard right here to our shout-outs and call-outs segment to end off this show and to end off this week here at the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Starting with shout-outs. Horwat, who are you shouting out this week? Uh, I want to shout-out the... have it written down. Here we go. The Robert Morris University Celebrity Hockey Event. Have you seen the photos and videos from that? I have, yeah. It, it, it looked awesome. like a fun event. A, lot, a couple couple former Penguins. Arm, arm, uh, Colby Armstrong was there. Phil Bork was in it. Mm-hmm. And then just watching big man Brett Kiesel <laughs> skate was quite fun. Um, for some reason, they I only saw videos of the Pirate Parrot mm-hmm. on skates, but not Iceberg. I, I don't know why. Don't know. That's kind of the hockey one, but hey, it's fun seeing the Pirate Parrot on skates. I want to know who was in there. Sidney Crosby. Because, <laughs> because whoever was in there uh, had some skills, had some smooth skating ability, mm-hmm. and it looked like... It looked like you were playing a video game for a minute. It looked like threes with the mascots. It was a fun event. I wish I could have gone to it. I kind of totally forgot about it. Um, and it ended up working anyway. But it just looked like a ton of fun to be at and be around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hey, anything to get eyes on RMU hockey, right? Yeah. Everybody? I mean, you got to do what you got to do there. Yeah, I think. Looked like, it looked fun. I, think, I mean, I know, like, Steve Mears and Josh Getzoff were also involved. Even Eric Tangrady yeah. came back and started playing. Oh, so. Ryan Malone, yeah, Bugsy uh, was there too. Uh, I wish I would have pulled it. I have the picture of uh, the picture. I don't have the full roster, but yeah. um, if I can recognize some faces, and then obviously a bunch of uh, RMU alumni. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Brian McLaughlin, the Olympic goalie, was the celebrity goalie. Yeah, I think. Oh, Tyler Kennedy's there. Oh, the um. Oh, I forget what their names are. The they're. Uh, they put on like the long hair, and they used to make goofy videos like before the pandemic. Oh, the uh, they like they got was it off the post or in, in something like that? Something like that. Those two, but you, if you saw the face, you'd recognize them. Those two yeah. were there on the bench, off the bench. Yes, those guys. Yeah. They were there, which is that's a that's a get honestly in hockey and in internet hockey. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a nice event. So. Sorry, your voice cut out, but yes, uh, mm-hmm. it's a good event, fun stuff. Hopefully, they keep doing that and 
get more people involved. That looks like a t- Chris Mack was there. The 93.7, the fans own Chris Mack. I recognize his face in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is your shout-out? My shout-out for this week goes to Los Angeles Kings forward Alex Ayafalo. And then talks when you talk about players that have been hot, obviously the NHL is going to say, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Alex Ovechkin, even Troy Terry getting some love from Anaheim. But Alex Ayafalo for the Kings, there was a moment last year where we thought he was going to be involved in a trade to come to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And boy, would it be nice to have this type of production on the Penguins right now. 13 points in 13 games so far this season for the LA Kings. But currently, he's on a seven-game point streak. Ten points in those outings. And the LA Kings, during that stretch, are 6-1-0. and zero. So a great performance from Alex Iafalo over the past seven games. And a great performance by the LA Kings over the past handful of games. So my shout-out goes to Iafalo, who it'd be, it'd be nice to see that type of production in a penguin sweater, but it's nice to see him do it in the in any sweater, to be completely honest. Good to see the Kings having some good players again. Yeah. Good young team, bright young future. Can't wait to see uh, Quentin Byfield get back and healthy. <sighs> Hell yeah. That'll be a fun team. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun team again. It will be. Once they lose the, the Dowdy culture. Not that there's anything wrong with your Dowdy, but just like the culture of play he has, it's just so slow and just defensively minded. Maybe it's the Dustin Brown style, I should it's say. It's more Dustin Brown than the than the Drew Doughty. Yeah. Because Drew Doughty has always put up pretty big offensive numbers for the LA Kings. So <laughs> Give puck to Kopitar. Got it. Yeah. Check and check. But let's move over to call-outs to end out this show. I'm calling out the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I feel like everybody in Minnesota is calling out the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody across the NFL is calling out the Minnesota Vikings because when you have that many talented players... Guys like, you know, Adam Thielen, guys like Justin Jefferson, a running back like Dalvin Cook, and you are three and five. You lost to the Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys at home two weeks ago. You blew multiple 14 point leads to the Baltimore Ravens last week. And you can't even hold a playoff spot over a team like the Sam Darnold led Carolina Panthers or the atlanta falcons it's really pathetic it really is and i'm sure minnesota fans it's preaching to the choir but seeing the vikings be this bad is just not not good it's 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 really pathetic watching the minnesota vikings and at some point you have to imagine that their head coach is going to be on his way out it's gross that they've been the team that is good is a good team Mm -hmm. but has just been letting everybody down year after year i mean they've been doing that their entire franchise history though haven't they for the most part i guess so yeah i mean that's it's hard watching them just be a good team all regular season way to go you're doing it you look like you could finally do the thing this year then there's that huge game against the saints in that one playoffs i think i think i was with you when that game during that game the Minneapolis, your... the Minneapolis Miracle game with Stephon Diggs? Yeah, because I think we turned it off, like, the play before. And then I pulled the score up and said, hey, the Vikings won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I remember that. So It's fun watching that, like, not fun, but, like, it's very weird watching that team be good, hit the playoffs, or hit close to time where they need to be good and just not be good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Minnesota football. It's, it's what happens, I feel like, every year at this point. 
it's just something that you're going to expect. And is Kirk Cousins the guy to lead him out of it? Probably not. Probably not. So it's going to be a, a, a bad time in, in Minnesota for a long time for football fans. At least they have the Minnesota Wild who return in the corner. But Horwat, close us out here with your call out. Oh, boy. Well, let's get sad, everybody. I didn't want this to be the call out, but new shit just keeps coming out every day about it. Uh, so you saw the tragedy of Astro World, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Eight people dying from a concert that, first of all, a concert's not a place you go and have to worry for your life, first of all. Secondly, I a lot of stuff came out very quickly. I didn't know exactly what happened. I woke up and just kind of saw the headline that eight people died at a concert. And first of all, your mind immediately goes to the worst things because um, if there was the Vegas tragedy however many years ago now but i just woke up saw that headline and then the first thing i saw before i even saw more details i just saw a video of the crowd bum rushing the security gates and getting in without really getting checked in security so my mind immediately went to the worst but um it wasn't a situation like that but it was a situation that still could have been prevented had travis scott i mean just done a little more had security police what the whole situation is just getting awful everyone seems to be at blame here um but it's hard to watch these videos it's hard to read into it but it's just the situation of as someone who works at a concert venue and gets annoyed when security isn't doing their job uh this is why you get annoyed when security isn't doing their job eight people are now dead because of disgusting reasons they were getting trampled or suffocated or just there was a rumor that someone was drugging people i don't know how the validity of that but regardless it's all horrible and it's hard to pin blame somewhere here it is on multiple people for damn sure um you know not just travis but also the other concert goers that weren't doing much about it there's a lot of people defending travis scott in this situation and there's there were a lot of people that um, I don't want to say we're the reason why other people died, but we're the reason why they couldn't get the help they needed. There was a lot of videos of people jumping on top of the medic cart that could not get through the crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to place blame here, but it's just an absolute shitty situation falling apart of, uh, safety guidelines protocols all of that and now it's it makes people fear to go to concerts again first it was hey you might catch a virus then it was well now if you go to to the wrong show um you could fucking lose your life in in a mosh pit it's sad and to and knowing travis scott's crowd i took my brother to his show when he came in 2018 uh not a fun crowd to be around it's not i i've never told this story here but the line we were in line outside for two hours we missed all three opening acts we got to our seats as travis scott was starting because the security just melt it had had the security like the lines there was no line getting in the door pvt paints arena just a mass of people and it wasn't fun so um this is the thing that venues just won't take them anymore 
who knows exactly when the next time is that he actually plays a show and he's accepted into that venue and it's gross that one as young as 14 14 years old it's sad it's disgusting and it's hard to pin blame but the whole situation sucks and the whole situation is the call out for me because just I don't know working at a venue you know that if there's I yeah I work at a small venue that doesn't hold 50,000 people but when one person goes down security is on it mm -hmm. the staff of the venue is on it um it's just sad so yeah. Well, I don't know if you have anything to put in, but it's... Yeah, I, 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 I think you covered it pretty well there. So uh, with that, we are going to end this episode. Thank you for tuning into the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully to the tune of a 3-0 and Pittsburgh Penguins weekend. But if not, we'll be back anyway to talk about... We'll try and not... We'll try not end every episode on a sad note, by the way. Maybe we should do uh, call-outs first well, next yeah, week. Yeah, we, we switch it around sometimes. We switch it around, put call-outs first, and end on a high note. But this week, we, uh, we did the opposite, but... Like I said, that's going to do it for this show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.